some guys seem to, to verify. It's easier to get fentanyl in this country than it is to get baby formula. Yep. Uh, it's drugs are everywhere. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing. So do your own research. Willie, I wanted to talk to you today about homelessness. Homelessness. Topic for the day. Yeah, it is a huge growing problem in the United States. I'm kind of uh, shocked at some of the research I did and and some of the pictures that I saw and videos that I've seen. Um, They say that there's half a million people in the U.S. now and growing quickly. Mm, It's mm, increasing mm. by 10 to 15% per year. Wow, that's super fast growth. Yeah. Um, The the hub of all this is Los Angeles. Is that right? Uh, California, of course, has a ton of homeless people, maybe as many as 200,000 people. Twenty percent of the homeless population, they speculate, is in L.A. alone. Mm. Um, th- this is a lot of folks. They think yeah. it, L.A. has four times the number of homeless people per capita than Mexico City. Mm. That's shocking. That's amazing. Uh, you know, we we think, well, this is America, right? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have this problem. It, it's mm-hmm. pretty. It's pretty shameful. Um, yeah. uh, one of the reasons why L.A. is so popular is because the climate. Yeah. It doesn't get too hot. It doesn't get too cold. If, if I was homeless, I think that that would be uh, where I would yeah. want to be. I'll, can I say at the start here, um, I appreciate those who want to, uh, who, who think that um, homeless is a not, not such a good word and rather unhome, unhome. Housed, unhoused, unhoused, unhoused is is a better term, and I I can understand that, mm-hmm. and it's also a very awkward thing to say. I, I'm happy to keep calling it homeless, but I, right. there, well, what I want to say, I think homeless people do have a home in the sense of a family or church, or there's you know mm-hmm. uh, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, um, but. Also, they don't have a house, and we often call a home a house. And so let's keep saying homeless. Yeah. Um, well, and, and as I'll, I'll point out, many folks do have a house. Okay. Yeah. So hold on a second. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the another reason that L.A. is popular is because it, of it has laws and programs. Okay. Um, they are, uh, there's shelters or they're allowing encampments. Yeah. And if you've seen footage of L.A. lately, there are tents everywhere. Is that right? All over the sidewalks, the parks, the beaches, um, there are people living on the street all over town. Uh, You know, when I was in Europe over the summer, I Uh met some people and I was asking questions about, you know, their countries. um, And they said, you know, uh, my only interaction with America, I went to California and I couldn't believe how many homeless people I saw. They were everywhere. I couldn't believe it. It's not like that in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And I didn't suspect that in America. Um, But this has been booming and COVID did not help. Sure. So uh, COVID, you know, weakened our medical system. Big time. Uh, People quit. They were under tremendous pressure. They were putting themselves at risk. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a very hard time for the medical community. Yeah. Uh, whenever things are are in, in crisis, there is a power grab for people who have power. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of of issues going on. I know this is not your main point, but yeah. for those who who are not in the medical field, you're not uh, the difference between. I, I'm I've been in medicine for a long in the medical field for a long time, and the difference between before COVID and after COVID, it's like a different world. Yeah. It is a different world. Um, so many nurses, so many doctors, so many therapists, and, and at every level, CNAs have quit, and, and mm-hmm. they're not coming back, and yeah. everybody is short-staffed, and it is, it's a different world. If that's, if that's not where you live, and you have to interact with the medical system, please be aware of that, because that, you're exactly right. It's humongous change. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most important changes that COVID brought yeah. has that COVID dramatically influenced our mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it also did things like raise unemployment and businesses went out and people lost their jobs. Yep. And yep. that uh, contributes to homelessness and the surging costs of housing. Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that you hear. But I think the two main reasons why we have so many homeless people yeah. is mental health problems yeah. and drug abuse. Okay, sure. 
Um, so with mental health, you know, uh, they're, they're the, when my research found different things and yeah. I thought th this has got to be based on politics and the way people skew data because okay. it was so dramatically different. Yeah. Uh, some sites were saying that 20% of homeless people have severe mental disorders. Okay. Um, others said that 90% that of homeless have PTSD or anxiety or depression or some mm -hmm. sort of treatable mm -hmm. problem. Um, either way, we know that it's a key factor yeah. in, in people being unhoused. Yes. Right. Um, and I think there are other fundamental breakdowns in our society that we talk about periodically as far as uh, the disparity between the rich and poor in yes, our country, the leveraging yes. of corporations against Ugh. employees. Mm. I think cell phones uh, has to be put in that uh, somehow. How and, so? uh, just the, the mindlessness and the time gotcha, wasting gotcha, gotcha, and gotcha. The, the, uh -huh. the addictive qualities yep. of social media and cell phone usage. Yep. Um, I think there are, there are excessive options and confusion in our culture, the disparity between the political parties, uh, failing schools and just systems. Uh, it feels like the whole country is under strain. Yeah. And, uh, you know, America feels to be uh, cascading mm -hmm. and i don't know if china will be the next big player or if india or i don't i don't know those things i'm not a, i'm not a, a soothsayer yeah. but it, it definitely feels like america is struggling right oh yeah for sure um and so of course we're seeing a rise in homelessness after covid particularly yeah um uh, in some cases you know with covid and mental health uh it was a result of direct infections sure directly related to being infected and then having mental health problems yes from the disease itself other times it had to do with shutdowns and, uh, you know, no socialization. Isolation. Yeah, the isolation. Other times it was just fear, a yep. pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, fear of loss and actual loss, losing loved ones uh, or yeah, losing... Gr grief that yeah. needs uh, that needs community but doesn't have it. And certainly losing jobs and businesses sure. and things like that uh, have roles in all of this. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and government's reaction and all that is a part. Uh -huh. um, there are other reasons, and some, and this is this is a controversial part, and this is where I think we need to nuance this a bit. Okay, um, that are uh, enabling programs. Yes, 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 yes. Um, programs that are, I think are well intended, yes. that come from a heart of concern and compassion, but are probably um, allowing people to do things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Um, you know, the ease of getting food and money. Yes. Uh, directly enables people to continue yes. to use and abuse drugs. Yes. Um, there, word has gotten out that Bowling Green, Kentucky, where we live, and yeah. are recording this right now, yeah. is a hotspot for homeless people to move to because it has so many programs. Is that right? That there's so many benefits to being here. Okay. Um, that you can survive, uh, you know, and... Uh, it's interesting. I was uh, I was out with my wife, and we saw a guy laying in a sleeping bag on the sidewalk. Yeah. And she said, "Why don't you buy him a sandwich?" I said, "Sure." I went in the subway and I bought a sandwich. I went over there and I said, "Hey, buddy, I got you a sandwich." And uh, he was uh, eyes were rolling in his head, clearly high, yeah. uh, really rather incoherent. And I said, "Hey, man, I, I got you a sandwich." Yeah. And he he grunted and he pointed behind him, and I looked, and behind him was a bench. And on the bench were five meals that people had purchased him that day, and wow. they lined him up on this bench. No kidding. And I thought, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. If I'm not able to build a relationship or cultivate you know, dialogue and stuff like that, there's got to be better ways to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and here he is, just, just high as a kite, and he's got, he's got now six meals waiting yeah. for him yeah. uh, today. Uh, and so, you know, you, you, we got to think about what is actually helping people. Yes. And that's difficult for some folks to wrestle with. Yes. Um, they feel like it's unloving or it's cruel. Yeah. But enabling people is not loving them. Right. Um, and we're getting to have this, like, this homeless industrial complex. Mm. And the more that you support something, the more it grows. Yeah. The more, the more you'll have of it. Yeah. And the more um, freedoms that you provide, it it's just going to perpetuate. Sure, you with me on that? I, I am. Um, so let me get to the drug abuse piece because a lot of this, when you when you research something, you're trying to use a filter on who's got what political agenda. Yeah. But I'll tell you what I what I like to do is I talk to homeless people. Yeah. And I'll go ask them, and I'll get it from the horse's mouth. We got a ministry yeah. in our church to help 
uh, homeless folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was there for many hours on Friday talking to to some, yeah. of the, some of the folks uh, that were spending the night in our building. Yeah. yeah. I've had many like very candid conversations. Sure. Um, and I just learned so much. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one guy told me that uh, he could get uh, easily $1,000 a day panhandling. Uh-huh. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, the People just stop here and there throughout the hour, $20 here, $10 there. 20, pretty soon you're making you're making some bank. Oh, yeah. Um, he said he knew he knows he could get a job anytime he wants. Uh-huh. He says there's plenty of food around. Yep. He has lots of food. And I say, well, tell me about the drug abuse. He said it's it's widely systemic. Yep. Matter of fact, it seems to be the reason. Now I've talked to more than just one guy. So yep. uh, so guys seem to to verify. It's easier to get fentanyl in this country than it is to get baby formula. Yep. Uh, it's drugs are everywhere. Yep. Matter of fact, in Europe, as they started to crack down on homelessness, they call them open drug markets. Yeah. And they started to to police them and drop them down, uh, drive them out of their their communities, uh, referring to them as infestations. Sure. Um, there are people, as I said earlier, some of these people do have homes. Okay. But because of their interest in drugs, they want to be right there in the open market, where they can get it immediately, get high, lay around on the sidewalk, and get some more when they when they come down from that experience yeah. they just want to be that that's the place they want to be wow um that's not everybody uh you can't pigeonhole all of this sure but we we do have to take a hard look at this drug abuse problem um some people have had homes and or they had places they could stay friends yeah. or family and they were out there welcome because they couldn't get off of the drugs and they started stealing and otherwise misbehaving yeah. to get the, the money to get the drugs that they want and need. Yeah. Um, one guy, a different guy I spoke to, said that he went to rehab and he got clean. Yeah. And the homeless community ostracized him. Yeah. They shun you yeah. if you get clean. Yeah. Because that's part of the culture. Yeah. Part of the culture is drug abuse. Right. Um, there are numerous people in these situations who are LGBT. Q plus, uh-huh, right. um, some speculate as many as one in three. Sure. Um, there are lots of infections, uh, HIV mm-hmm. and uh, hepatitis. Uh, there are huge budgets that cities and states have to come up with to care for homeless people. Yep. You know, hospitals can't turn people away. That's right. Um, I think New York City has over $3 billion dedicated to this. Uh-huh. That's a ton of money. It's a lot of money. Uh, California has $4.8 billion, so the number I saw. Because uh, when you're homeless, you uh, you get sick. Yeah. Um, you go to the hospital. Right. You need health care. Uh, or, you know, you're in an encampment with other people and, uh, and monkeypox is spreading and uh, other diseases are more available. Um, and you need those kinds of costs. Plus, you, you tend to get in more trouble. Right. And then you need court costs and, right. and yeah. the system fees that are, you know. The, oh, yeah. And this is all being paid by, by taxes mostly. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so this is a huge burden. Um, and the thing is when, when someone acquires that kind of, of money from the taxpayer, which is estimated to be between 50 and a hundred thousand dollars per person per year. Now we're talking about 500,000 people. Right. Um, that is a huge bill. A lot of money. Right. But at the end of the day, they're still homeless. They're still using. Right. And they are still mentally ill if that's the case. Mm -hmm. And they're still getting trouble with the law. Mm -hmm. Nothing is improving. Mm-hmm. And we seem to be perpetuating it. Yes. So now we're at this crisis. Seem I think to, California is in a tremendous crisis. Yeah. And it's probably coming to the rest of us. When you say it seems to be, we seem to be perpetuating it, you said 10 to 15% increase every year? That's the projections. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's more than just seems to be. That's, that's. Yeah. yeah. California started this, uh, what they call Greyhound therapy. Okay. Uh, they will buy you a bus ticket uh-huh. on the taxpayer's dime. Uh, with the understanding that you're not coming back. Yeah. It's a one-way ticket. So just get out of California. Yeah. Go somewhere else in the nation. We can't uh, handle yeah. this. I believe that. Um, that I mean, they, the laws in in L.A., I know, I don't know about all of California, but it may be statewide, but I know in L.A., if they don't have a shelter available, then they're not allowed to displace people. Hmm. Which is why the laws are supporting this, these encampments all over town. Yeah, you're not legally allowed to drive them out if you can't provide them with a bed. Um, 
the thing about this, and, I, and this is where I want to start nuancing, and I want to invite you into this. Sure. Uh, it, to be homeless is a very hard life. Oh, yeah. But when I talk to homeless people, it seems to be a life that they are choosing. Yes. Um, that it's not that they're down on their luck. It's that they want this lifestyle and the freedom that it provides and the drug abuse options. Some people are yeah. that way, for sure. Um, the thing that I want to I challenge the, um, the left and the right with okay. this. Okay, sure. Uh, you know, the left will say things that it's that the reason why there's homelessness is because not because of the things I've mentioned, but because of uh, skyrocketing prices of houses mm -hmm. or the fact that if you have um, if you can afford a house and a mortgage, the government subsidizes that by giving you tax breaks on your interest and so forth. So in other words, when you get a tax break, it's, the government is subsidizing wealthy people. Um, you don't they're saying that doesn't happen for the poor who you, you know are renting and so forth. Um, and they don't think the drugs necessarily are the issue that they're associated, but it's, it's more about society's failures mm -hmm. and people being down on their luck and, and the anxiety of not having a house mm -hmm. or a place to go or where their next meal is coming from. Mm -hmm. And I can certainly appreciate those things. Um, there was an initiative, I think it was started by Bush, um, and it was called Housing First. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of this initiative? Uh, maybe I had not heard of this because uh, I'm not that politically it savvy. Vaguely familiar, but I don't. Uh -huh. Yeah, tell me. It, basically, uh, the premise is that the first thing you do is get people housed. Okay. Yeah. That uh -huh. the the their their most pressing need is they need shelter. Yeah. So you give them shelter, and uh, the left. Now Biden has picked this up. Trump got rid of it. Yeah. Uh, Biden picked it back up, and uh, they they're even using the left will 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 call upon the. Um, Universal Declaration of Human Rights mm -hmm. that the, the U.S. has signed, you know, it's an international kind of mm -hmm. declaration of what, mm -hmm. what, how people should be treated. Uh, and then they feel like that there is a right to adequate housing. Um, and I think that that's very, very valid in terms of access to shelter. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that means the government should provide it necessarily. Okay. Like it's the government's responsibility to shelter everyone. Sure. Uh, that's a pretty big leap, mm -hmm. right, from uh, having shelter available mm -hmm. to having to provide it. Um, and then I, you know, I saw on the left they there was they're pointing to Finland as one of the one of the the models mm -hmm. of this initiative, and they uh, they say they're effectively decreasing homelessness, but they only have like five thousand homeless it's, people. Isn't it super cold in Finland? It's very cold, and if so, the winter it's not it's not really something that people are doing because right. you freeze to death, right? Um, I do think that there's something there, there the, the, you know, the idea that if you get someone in a house that they'll, they'll, um, they'll, they might get better. Uh -huh. I think there's certainly, there's some data to prove that. For some people, uh -huh. that, it makes that, sense to me that, mm -hmm. that that's for, for some people who are homeless, that is the first step of what they really, really need. And that will help them to have a basic right. basis in order to move forward in a healthy direction. Um, and, and maybe, you know, with Finland, there may be fewer systemic issues or mm -hmm. a culture of drug abuse and homelessness that, that is, you know, I pervasive. Know. Yeah. I don't know either, but it seems like it's not the best example for the U.S. because mm -hmm. 5,000, I think it's, I think a government can handle that yeah, or decrease right. that. Yeah. You multiply that by a factor of 100. Right. Uh, and, and to have such a high percentage of them in one place, yeah, yeah. Um, they're in, I think that, you know, that's going to be different. really hard. It's different, yeah. Uh, Trump had a policy that was... Uh, uh, treatment programs first, sobriety second, jobs third, and housing fourth. And the left says that that's a failure. Okay. Um, and the right says, well, we can't we can't just build all this structure and provide all this housing. Yeah. Um, and there's a a premise on the right that you know that comes from the Bible that if you if you don't work you don't eat. Yeah, and we're not going to enable people. Uh, and if we dry up panhandling, you don't allow panhandling and that kind of money being passed to people, and uh, you don't have all these enablement programs, they're going to have to get a job or they have to do something. Um, and and part of that resonates with me, for sure. Um, and yes, we need to recognize that there are people who want to use drugs and they want that lifestyle, and they it's the drug abuse, but. I think the right sometimes is failing to see the link between drug abuse and mental health. Yes. That is a huge link. Yes. Um, if you are mentally ill, uh, what do you do? Yeah. Where do you go? What do you turn to? Yeah. Um, now, 
I've not been shying away from sharing that I had a bout with anxiety, a 10-day rather brutal bout. Um, where all Ten I days could, may have been the most intense, but you were you yeah, were it was, it was long, underwater it lasted, yeah. for a long time. It lasted a while, but the ten days were um, all I could do was really pace. Yeah, of course, of yeah, course, lost twenty pounds. That kind of, my body just had to like it just wouldn't cooperate with yep. me. Mm-hmm. My thinking was straight. My body was was overreacting, and I couldn't calm it down. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time, you think, where can I get some Xanax? Yep. Totally. Um, the doctor isn't giving it to me. Yep. I went. I had to go three times. Yep. And someone else called on my behalf. I didn't ask him to, but they called on my behalf, and I finally started to get some of the medicines that can actually knock anxiety out. Mm-hmm. It really can. It's really effective. Oh yeah. It's. Oh yeah. yeah they're great. Yeah. They're also addictive, and they have yes. a law of diminishing returns, so they're very, very careful about handing mm-hmm. it out. Well, in my case, this was episodic, and I needed that medicine, yep. and I couldn't get it. Yep. And guess what? I started thinking about. Where can I get where it? Where can I get it? It doesn't matter where. Yeah. Where can I get it? Oh, how much is it going to cost me? Don't care. Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, where can I get it? Yep. Now, let's just put me in a different context. Totally. Where I grow up with parents who use, uh-huh. or I am more of a street kid, uh-huh. um, or uh, this stuff's sitting in my house, yeah. or it's the neighbor has it, or you know the psychology of, of poverty or of different upbringings, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then I... I I see my parents using, and that's how, how they're coping. And yeah. Anyway, it, it seems, and, and especially in that 10 days, I can tell you, it, it didn't just seem like a rational thing. If you had Xanax in your hand and you said, here you go, Dave, it was in my mouth, I would have taken it. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the illness was that critical. I believe it. I believe it. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a healthy person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had this, if you had more chronic mental illness, mm-hmm. what do you do? Where do you go? Mm-hmm. I believe in therapies. Mm-hmm. I trust in in some of that, and some of it I know is you know. And I do all the spiritual work. Uh-huh. A lot of people might not have any of the spiritual work available right. to them. Right, right, right. They never read the Bible or had the, the gospel taught to them, or mm-hmm. the the wisdom of the ages passed down through the church about the deep surrender to Jesus and the mm-hmm. trusting in God and His goodness and His sovereignty and there's a lot of wonderful spiritual th- work that has to be done in my mind yeah. to be mentally sound uh, when you're struggling with this. But this is a huge problem. I just mentioned COVID made this astronomical. Our youth are struggling with anxiety and depression at an astounding uh, rate. Yes. Uh, an S-curve, exponential rate. Yeah. Um, we have got to get a handle on this, yeah. and I think the homelessness is directly related Makes sense to me. To to not just a drug culture, which we can we can point our finger at to some degree, but also the mental illness where we need to have a lot more compassion. Mm-hmm. And really, the issue is not enabling people to stay in this well, environment. Those are related to each other. Yeah, yeah but yeah. we need to deal with the problem, yeah. the mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I heard one, uh, uh, I was watching one video and they said that there are three Ps that are needed, police, probation, and psychiatry. That if, if you're going to uh, clean up L.A., for example, it's going to take it's going to take more resources in the police department for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, then you need probation. You need diligent caseworkers that can get people in rehab and then after rehab can keep up with them yeah. and, and kind of promote a lifestyle of working yeah. and yeah. getting off of drugs and staying clean. Mm-hmm. But then there's just there's the mental illness piece. Mm-hmm. We need psychiatry. Mm-hmm. We need good medicines. We need good uh, therapy. We need mm-hmm. good counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, many homeless people have said to me, uh, you know, the the great thing about the drugs is it, it numbs you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you get off the drugs, guess what? You still got to deal with yeah. your emotional pain. Totally. And your mental illness. Yeah. And, and the stuff that's haunting you. Uh-huh. It's still there. Uh-huh. Well, that doesn't just magically go away. Right. When you memorize a verse or two, <laughs> yeah. um, you, you know you've got. There's a whole more comprehensive look at that. Mm-hmm. That um, that people need, especially people on the right, I think, need to uh, remember that this could be them. I think people tend to forget if they're not struggling with something, they they tend to think it's not very valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it could be you that's struggling with this one day, and mm-hmm. it'll open your eyes. Mm-hmm. And to the left, I think that they they just assume the best in people all the time. Mm-hmm. When we know people are sinners and they're selfish and they're lazy, and they, they, they're, sure. they there's systemic problems in them. Yes. Um, you know, they would the left would say, "Well, no one would choose to be homeless. That's crazy." I'm like, "Well, no, yeah, no, that, there are people yeah, who do. Yeah, yeah, for sure." 
Uh, many of these people have skills, like yeah. in construction, uh-huh. and they'll work through the winter and get uh-huh. in a program where they can uh-huh. get housed yeah. and lift weights and eat food. And then they'll go back to the mm-hmm. tent through the summer mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they want to have those binges. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy told me that not only is he shunned and ostracized when he got clean, um, that people treated him differently, tried, tried to steal his stuff and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he told me when, when storms are coming, mm-hmm. people will load up on drugs. They'll put the flaps down on their tent and they'll go hole up in their tent for days. And that's how they they pass, you know, the the inclement mm. weather, mm. is just, uh, you know, get stoned, mm. yeah, by whatever drug of choice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is. Let me let me pause and let you get in on this. You know. Yeah, it seems to me. Um, I haven't done the research recently that you have done, but I have spent lots of time with homeless folks in various ways. Um, and it seems to me that it is the the. Uh, it is very, very complex, and and while there are many, many themes, each person is individual. Yeah. And a one size fits all. Whether it's Bush's uh, system of okay, we're going to get um, uh, house them first, yeah, and then we do, and then or or Trump saying we're going to get them clean first mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay, that's not going to work for everybody that, in every circumstance. There is no right. one size fits all. The, the left saying everybody's good and wants a home and they're just doing the best they can. Nope, that's not true. Some people, that's true, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. And the right saying uh, these people just need to get a job and to stop doing drugs. Okay, well, there's a few people probably. There's probably sure. a number of folks that you just uh, – sure. Okay, they're not working because they're lazy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Absolutely. That's not everybody. Right. And so – it's it's very very complex, and we want to put everyone on a conveyor belt and say this is how to fix the problem. Well, no, I think it's much more difficult than that. Um, there are uh, so that's that's one piece that I want to say that I think you know when we, when we, we that is a phenomenally complicated issue, and to boil it down to here's what mm-hmm. I, the the left has solutions that I think are super helpful. The right has solutions that I think are super helpful, and other people. I think we need to be creative and coming up with some new things. And let's yeah. let's try all kinds of stuff because different people are going to need different things. Um, so that's yeah. that's one piece that right. I want to say that uh, I think everybody's right um, when they say here's the problem and here's a solution. Yeah, let's. You're right. Let's do that. <laughs> Everybody. Right. I, I really I really think that's right. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing um, that. Uh, I want to highlight in terms of uh, homelessness and mental health and drugs, all those together, um, a big piece of it, I think, again, not the only piece, but a piece that you haven't mentioned yet, uh, at least not overtly, not overtly, is uh, I think part of the rise of of, uh, the homeless crisis Mm -hmm. and then therefore uh, uh, directed to a solution is the... Um, breakdown of communities in general. Yeah. And yeah. so much of, I, I remember seeing studies when I was looking at um, the topic, and we talked about this, I don't know, a long time ago now, of uh, drug abuse just in general, that people who, uh, in a, there are people who go to the hospital, and for various reasons, they're, they're in the hospital. How, how safe. British of you? People who go to hospital. People go to the hospital. Go to the hospital, yes. Okay. Um, and they're there for, say, two months on heavy, heavy narcotics. Mm-hmm. And then when they transition out, they're able to stop the narcotics because they're healthy with no problems whatsoever. They're not, mm-hmm. The addiction is not an issue. And then other people, they take heroin a couple times at the same kind of level of yeah. uh, uh, a couple times, and all of a sudden they're addicted and can't get can't get out of it. It's got this, it's hooks in them. What, and the difference is that the person in the hospital that I'm talking about, although Mm -hmm. this, it's that they've got a family who they can rely on and that they love and that they trust. They've got some other community, whether it's a church or a synagogue. I don't mean, I'm not talking about, they've got a life they're trying to get back to. They've got a life that they got direction in their life. They've got meaning. They've got people who know them and that Mm -hmm. they are known. And that kind of, all of a sudden, drugs are not as, or another way to say it is, I think a huge issue with homelessness, with uh, drug addiction, um, that, that uh, and mental health even, um, not the cure-all for any of those, but a big piece of it is, when we say with drugs, uh, 
how do, not how do we stop you from taking drugs, but how do we stop you from needing to take drugs? Mm-hmm. What is that pain that you're trying to numb? Let's address that. I'm really interested in that. Um, because I think that that's the kind of thing. And if you don't have a pain, if if you are dealing with your pain in a healthy way, mm-hmm. you're not going to become a drug addict. There's not that you don't need to numb something. You know what to. You know how to healthfully yeah. deal with your emotional pain. Now I I have known people um, that that wouldn't apply to. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I said yeah, it's not this right. is for everybody. But I, it's a huge piece of it that I don't hear people talking about. Who had uh, lots of abundance in his life, family, uh, extended family, church, um, part of a Bible study with me Mm -hmm. and other guys, Mm -hmm. lots of community all around. Uh, Had an injury, Mm -hmm. um, got a script for opioid and decided he really liked them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, was getting them because he likes them. And he wasn't trying to -hmm. run from something. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's a little different. but I totally hear you when I'm when I say from personal experience, and what I said to the church, um, if anyone were to uh, to be self righteous about taking medication oh, in yeah. a time of need like that, uh, I assure them they ha- they were not feeling like I was <laughs> yeah. because if they were, yeah. they would eat a bucket of cockroaches if they thought it make them feel better. Mm-hmm. You'll do anything, mm-hmm. and and you start thinking about well, how can I get this? Where mm-hmm. can I get this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a pastor, and mm-hmm. you know uh, what a a, a person of society and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but given the right pressure, it's going to be you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I believe and that. I, so, and you're absolutely right. That's what I'm saying. Mental illness has a lot to do with just coping skills or dealing with the traumas in our lives and the pain. And mm-hmm. if you went to the hospital and you you suddenly had a, uh, you had an injury and you started taking narcotics and your anxiety went away, mm-hmm. which it, that's the thing that I think is really slippery about. The narcotics, yeah, it, it does help your anxiety it feel does better. Um, if and then you are weaning yourself off of the narcotics, and you have whatever withdrawal symptoms from that, plus your anxiety returns. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You're going to have a hard time. You're going to start thinking, "How can I get some more of that?" Well, that's precisely what I'm saying. Yeah, is right. If I have, I'm a agreeing way, with you. Yeah. If yeah. I have a way to deal healthfully with my anxieties now, right. When I'm not taking narcotics, I'm not doing, then when that circumstance comes, I, I, when I get anxious, I know what to do. Um, you know, for me personally, I know what I need. I need uh, more uh, time with my wife and especially, I'll say, skin time with my wife, if I can put it that way. And I don't even mean necessarily sexual, although that's good. But just like hugging and cuddling, yep. I need that. I need exercise. I need to lift weights and I need to run. I'm a runner. I need to run. Uh, and th- I got a number of things that I need that I want to do. Right. I need to play some video games. Um, be, that's not been an issue for me. But when I need to really process my emotions and my thoughts, there are specific things that I can do uh-huh. along these lines. Uh, those are all much healthier ways uh, than drugs. And if I, but if I, if I didn't have specific health, it, honestly, it's taken a lot of work for me to come to. This is how I I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger, I used other things that were uh, not as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. It, oftentimes people think that they can um, somehow avoid this, that, that doesn't impact them. Um, and wh- how in the world would we house a bunch of people and, and afford that? And I'm, but what I'm saying is you're paying for this no matter what. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a great. You're, you're paying. You're exactly right. Uh, there's no doubt, and when they're talking about fifty to a hundred thousand dollars per person per year, yeah, uh, you're paying that. Oh yeah, oh absolutely, and that's yeah. something that the um, I, I think on the that's a correction I think to folks on the right who don't quite see. Uh, this is a it's our problem. These are our people. Mm-hmm. This is not just merely laziness and drug abuse. Although right. although. Come on, people on the left. This is a big piece of this. <laughs> Laziness yeah. and drug. Yeah, this that's is right. a big piece of this. That's right. Uh, but on the right, come on now. The, uh, there, if you had a mental illness struggle, yep. you would better understand yep. the thought of turning to some medical help. And if you don't like government intervention and spending more money on this, uh, we, we are spending massive amounts of money on this. And, and, the, and if you don't want to do that, 
then figure out ways that are more efficient and more effective. Yeah. How many police officers do we have? How much of our police officers' time is taken up with complaints and struggles of homeless people? A lot. Yeah. How about about how about our um, emergency department? Right. I worked. At, I was a hospital chaplain in emergency department for years. A large emergency department. That's the. That department itself was larger than most hospitals in the country. It was huge. And we knew those, what we call frequent flyers, um, the, that were coming there to get medical care because that's the only... Is the, the emergency department is the most expensive way yes. to deliver health care that ever has been invented. Right. And that's the one place that we're telling people who don't have uh, other avenues... Go and we will pay for you to get the most expensive, least efficient mm. health care mm. ever. Who's paying for that? Taxpayers are. Yeah. There's got to be a better way. And yeah. we're paying for them whether, we're, whether we want to or not. And just saying, uh, put them out on their own and let them deal with the consequences. That's not possible. Right. We are paying for it. Yeah. And and the suggestion that, that uh, people get turned away at an emergency room uh, is unethical, and uh, that's not an option. Um, we we need uh, to care for people when they're injured and ill, um, but there are other ways to do this. Yeah. Um, the, you, some of the thoughts that I was as I was researching, and of course, I am not a, a political science person, I'm not right. a politician, I'm not right. a policy writer. Right. But something that maybe we could kick around is the idea that you have to have an address. Yeah. You have to have a physical address yep. to have services in the community. And if we did something like universal basic income, which I don't know how I fall on that yet. You know, you introduced that to me, and I, and I have known about it beforehand. But if You need to make up your mind, man. Well, <laughs> no, you uh, don't. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just so kidding. I'm, I'm actually— No, I'm for it. So, so when you think about this in terms of uh, if, you, if you take that money and you squander it, then you're not going to have that address. Mm-hmm. And then that address is going to uh, eliminate a number of services that mm-hmm. could be available to you. Mm-hmm. So w- with this universal income, we're expecting, we're demanding mm-hmm. that you secure shelter with it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the excess can go to other things and all that. But, and I think one possibility would be to have the government or some other non-governmental agency or organization to have like uh, almost like barracks, you know, so mm-hmm. you don't, it doesn't have to cost that much. We, you, yeah. can have, you can have, a, a, you know, bunk beds, you know, 15 bunk beds in a room or something, like, mm-hmm. almost like a homeless shelter, but make it a little bit more permanent. And like, okay, it can be super, super cheap if you basically want to be homeless. There's a lot of creative ways we yeah, can think about that. Yeah. Um, you, have you seen some of the hotels, that, I guess you, I guess they're hotels in Japan, where you're you're literally in a, in a little cubby? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that, yeah. yeah you, you crawl up and it's like almost like bunk beds, but a little bit bigger, a uh-huh, little, yeah, little yeah. enclosed space. Yeah, it's enclosed, but, yeah. But everyone, it, it's glass yeah. front, you uh-huh. know, there's not exactly privacy, but right. you go in there and it's, well, a, you put a, it's cur- a bed. Curtain up. Put a curtain yeah, up and you, you go to sleep in there. Yeah, and you're hardly taking up any room. And if you, there's a hallway bathroom. Yep, and some common areas and stuff. But yeah. there's but so that could be your address. You're saying that that everyone needs an address to yeah. get services, and that could be your address. And uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's lots of different ways. Um, I'll say that there are people who say you have need to be a citizen or you need to be something to, in order to get uh, emergency room. You're right; it's not ethical, but it's also not practical to turn people away. Imagine someone getting a gun, you know, has a gunshot and is rushed to the emergency room, and they say, "Okay." Uh, before we treat you, you need to demonstrate uh, that you are a citizen or that you have an address or that you have... They're not going to do that. They're going to give you health care. If you're coming in with a... They're not asking those questions. Uh-huh. How are you going to pay for this? Before you, before we start, you know, take a look at your vital signs, we're going to ask you to uh, verify that you have insurance. We're not doing... That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So it's not even practical, but you're right. It's also not ethical. Um you know, the last time I was in the hospital, it's it's within a, a pretty short window. They're asking how it's going to be paid for, and you're going to sign this waiver. It's it, 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 <laughs> pretty quick about those things, but if you but are right, not in an emergency, if it's, an, if it's emergent, you're going to go in, and they're going to they're going to they're get, going to treat you. Yeah. yeah, but it's also no matter how it is, it is the most expensive way, and we are saying this is the only way for mm-hmm. our homeless people. This is the only way for our poor, uninsured people um, to to get insurance and we will yeah. pay for it. But well, if it was an emergent um, and they didn't have an address yeah. and there was a means available, yeah. basic income or whatever, yeah. um, then I think it would be, it could be legitimate to turn people away. From oh, for sure. Ser- yeah, from services, from school, from, from healthcare, from whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, absolutely. Or another way to, I mean, most people don't want to go to the emergency room. 
These right. the homeless folks. Have you you've been in the emergency room? It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, if it's the only thing you have, then you'll do it. Have you been to a, an urgent care or to a other kind of clinic or to your doctor for a just a checkup or whatever? That experience is much more pleasant. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to do that. I've got pink eye. I don't want to go to the emergency room for no. that and sit in the, in the waiting room forever. No, nobody wants to. If you give people other options, they will take the cheaper options. And if I was a taxpayer, have to choose this homeless person has pink eye and needs to get treatment or whatever small right. innocuous thing or whatever. Yeah, I'll pay, let's let's send them to the urgent care and let's pay for them over there. But our society has said no; they have to go to the emergency room. Yeah, and plug up all and take up the time of all yeah. those folks. And yeah, yeah. So it, that that's the medical piece. What about the police? What about the um, uh, plugging up the court system with right. with uh, all kinds? There, there's all kinds of resources that we are uh, paying for these people, whether we like it or not. Right. Let's find efficient ways to help them. What was there's a state recently, just recently, that started um, that has decriminalized, I think, heroin use. And you are allowed to bring your heroin to a particular facility, state-run facility, and shoot up under uh, the supervision of somebody there. And if you do it there, um, they'll give you a needle, and it's and and the reason, and they're all of a sudden they're saving a ton of money on uh, medical care and on all kinds of stuff, on police and ambulance. None of those bills are going to be paid. It's all paid by the taxpayer, you know. And this is a much better way of doing it. And hmm. people aren't dying. Yeah, that's that's a hard sell, though. Yeah, people, it's cheaper for the taxpayer. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's we've yeah. talked about that with our with, I with know, the, drug the other issue. episode. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to belabor this other than to say that uh, we can we can start kicking around creative ideas. But I I just want to challenge the left. Um, yep. and the right yep. Yep. to yep. say totally. you need to you need to break out of your narrative and you need to think about this more comprehensively uh, people are lazy yes. people do love drugs and want yes. their drugs yes. oh and by the way people um, may have very good reasons why they're having trouble with addiction yep. and they need help and they need some support other than just get a job you hobo yep. um, you know we, we need to think about this as a society that's coming together and trying to solve problems instead of just you know, canceling the other side. Yeah, it had just occurred to me your situation, um, those ten days when you were struggling, and I mean, there was nothing else in your life. Like this was central, and you couldn't function really. I remember talking to you then, mm-hmm. and and uh, spending time with you. And yet you could not function, and you needed that those uh, you needed something to help set your mm-hmm. brain chemistry right again. And Xanax could do that. Um, you're not taking Xanax uh, no. regularly now. I actually got lorazepam, which is a, a sub kind of a same category as yeah, yeah, yeah. and I I took all of maybe three. Okay. Yeah, I just needed I just needed to, uh, to get over the hump. Okay. Yeah. So there are times when you desperately need that to calm your mind, and to and there's anxiety. Those are that's for anxiety, right? It's for um, yeah, it's an anti-anxiety. Anti-anxiety. And uh, and, and it's not just your your brain; it's your gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your whole body is sure. having this. Uh, inordinate fight-or-flight response That's right. to something that you can rationally recognize is not warranted. Right. But it's still doing it. So yeah. uh, there is anxiety that I have had that uh, I'll bet that if I had taken a lorazepam um, tablet or whatever, it would make me feel much better. Mm-hmm. It's much more healthy for me to work through this the anxiety that I have. Right. Right? And so there is a level of anxiety yeah, that no, you need to work through. Without drugs. Yeah. And there's another level of anxiety that you cannot work through. You need the drugs. Yeah. Okay. If we have them and they can bridge you back. And they can, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. Then okay. that's, yeah, that's the so appropriate use. There's of a little bit of slotty bar and I, my anxiety, I've, I've been at times pretty anxious in my life. I don't think I have suffered as much. I know I have not suffered mm-hmm. as much as you have with with the crippling anxiety that for those ten days and in the past you've had other yep. bouts with anxiety right. like this. But as my anxiety rises, uh, yeah, I, I've um, I can imagine a, a point would come where I would say I definitely need, okay. Where on that slidey bar is there that sorry, just going for a run isn't going to do it. Yeah. Um, and different people are going to make, and so some people, if you're lazy, 
that mm-hmm. is going to be way on the like. You're going to oh, slide that sli- down. I'm going to slide that way down because you're lazy, right? And don't want to do the. I don't want to go for a run. I want to take a lorazepam instead. I don't want to uh, work on. I don't uh, want to think. I don't want to do the spiritual just work. Just want to take the. I don't want. Yeah, exactly. On the other hand, there are times when it doesn't matter how much you run, doesn't matter how much spiritual work That's you right. do, doesn't matter how yeah. much you need those drugs. And so, yeah, for the for the left, we need to challenge folks and say some people are just lazy. Stop taking the drugs and do the hard work of living your life. Yeah. And for the right, I mean, who am I challenging here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forget. Yeah, because I mean, because the people on the street, they're but not the taking. Other side. They're not typically taking lorazepam. Or, no, but there are but people they're... snorting Xanax and stuff like that. But they're typically a meth. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, and but uh, it's numbing heroin. their pain, right? So yeah. it's pain that needs to be resolved right. in healthy ways. Yeah, and so there is a so that's actually destructive yeah. no matter in any circumstance. Right. So I would never but, take meth for anything. Right. right. Yeah. Right, right, right. But it is numbing their pain. There's and so you can say there's a there's a point where sorry you don't have very much pain. Right. And you're trying to numb what little pain you have with meth. Yeah. Okay, you're just being lazy. Yeah. There's other people though who are in so much pain, they need a lot of support. Uh-huh. Um, the way that you needed support from, uh, so they need a lot of support because of uh, overwhelming grief issues or uh, other healthcare issues or um, uh, mental illness, whatever. And so they're, right. they're just taking meth instead. And that numbs right. all the pain, but they can't do it on their own. They right. really can't do it on their own. They need an enormous amount of support yep. to get off of the meth. You just can't. You can't just tell them, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get off your meth. Right. Some people you can, and some people you can't. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm a really good example of that. I think you're right. Um, in that in that bout, I'm not an. I mean, I'm sitting right here. I've been here all day. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. anxious. I'm not an anxious person. No. Um, but I've had these bouts. Yeah. And and I know the difference because I do that spiritual work. I do yeah. it regularly without yeah. Yeah. anxiety pestering me. Yeah. Um, and I have worked through lots of very anxious moments mm-hmm. without any any help at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got to this particular level, and maybe this is because it was post-COVID. I had COVID three times. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe she's getting older. Mm-hmm. I think there, there could be multiple factors into why this was so bad. Mm-hmm. But I knew immediately. I knew immediately this is inordinate. This is not normal. Mm-hmm. And... And there was no amount of community or hugs right. or, or right. dialogue. Mm-hmm. There's no book that I, I couldn't even read anyway. But if, if someone could transfuse information, it wasn't my thinking. Mm-hmm. It was physiological. I hear you. It started with my thinking. Yep. It's related to thinking. Yep. But it took over. Yep. And the and the uh, and I was exercising. I was cold water <laughs> I therapy. Yeah. I, I mean, I was up at 4 a.m. on a treadmill. Um, yeah, so I get it. And I, and I have to say this, if I, if I didn't have any of the tools that I have available to me, yeah. or I came in a culture where, where the answer was this, mm-hmm. this, this drug that's sitting in the house or next door or mm-hmm. down the street. Um, and I, and I really took to that and maybe I used it recreationally and then I really needed it and I had anxiety without it. And, mm-hmm. you know, just all the things that, that could have escalated to the point where I'm addicted mm-hmm. to a medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can tell you if I felt the way I did mm-hmm. um, for any longer length of time, mm-hmm. it was not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was not sustainable. I, I know where you so, go. So there had some intervention had to take place, and um, and I was using all the tools available and all the knowledge available to me. From, Which is you've got a wealth. Yeah, of there's tools an extensive and, yep. stuff there from from being a pastor and trained and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and talking to other people about this and. The previous experiences where I did work through it, all all those tools available. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just needed a, a, a three lorazepam mm-hmm. to get this under control. I just needed a little help, mm-hmm. and if I couldn't get that, um, I just can't imagine someone out there in a tent feeling alone, um, having any sensations like that on any kind of regular basis, and not feeling like they have any tools or any support or any way to deal with it. And this is the one thing they know is to, is to get some heroin yeah. and cook it in a spoon and, yep. and stick it in their arm. Yep. Yep. And then they're going to they're gonna get a break. Yep. I can totally understand that. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I feel really bad for someone in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I want to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just being a bum, man, I'm sorry. I can't enable you. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. That takes wisdom. And an enormous amount of time and community. 
Yeah. Isn't it so much easier, though, if we just lump Simplify all those people it, together? label it, and ship it off. And say, yeah. here's what the problem is. Here's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, uh, like I said, you're paying for this. Yeah. So we need to care about it. Let, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One way or another, it's getting paid for by you, the That's taxpayers. Right. So let's, the taxpayers, yeah. yeah. Let's figure this out. Get some, some better minds on it. Well, we solved that one, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I thank God that I'm not in those circumstances and he has blessed me with mm-hmm. with uh, good community and family and love and relationship. Yeah, you, and... Know, you know the story of Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, mm, mm, mm. world leader. Here we go. Right? World leader. How many king. people? How many people are remembered uh, fifteen hundred years yeah. to, to twenty five hundred years after they die? How many people? Yeah. World and, and like dominant not leader. just barely remembered. You say Nebuchadnezzar. Almost every any edu, any anyone with a high school education around the world knows who Nebuchadnezzar yep. is. Yep. And for some period of time, he lost his marbles. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's a that's God, one way of putting it. God was so sick of his pride mm-hmm. because of him being in this powerful position. Everything mm-hmm. is at his disposal. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything. And he lost his mind and he went off and and ate grass and licked the water off the, the grass for moisture and and then he uh on all and, fours. And God humbled him yeah. and then he was restored. Yeah. Um this it's it's even bigger than just chemicals. This is yeah. yeah. We haven't we haven't mentioned the spiritual dynamic of it, mm-hmm. and I don't want to minimize that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little bit more mysterious. Uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting that to happen to just any Joe Schmo. That's a, that's a picture of God's uh, judgment on pride and arrogance at the mm-hmm. at the highest level, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a theodicy of sorts, like like Job, mm-hmm. um, a very righteous man, and he he will still suffer anyway. Mm-hmm. By golly, doesn't no matter how holy you are, doesn't matter how perfect you are, how rich you are, how popular or famous, you can suffer this way. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yep. Mm. It's humbling. Yeah. So we 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 have to cling to God and find Him uh, before the trouble comes. Right. Yes. Yes, Find him in a time when he can be found. That's yeah. right. Yes, yes, yes. Now is the time. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. You can write or call us. Just tap or swipe on the purple Hopper Podcast cover art in your podcasting app and find the show notes for ways to suggest a topic for the hopper or tell us a funny story or you can just go to thehopperpodcast.org try to keep it clean and if you do we'll probably feature you in an upcoming episode special thanks this week's goes to my neighbor's rooster who wakes me up every morning yeah that's fun and be sure to like subscribe follow and join our facebook group for more hopper goodness join our patreon for our bonus episodes dave what's the lesson we should take away from this week's episode uh probably that willie's hemorrhoid transplant wasn't that unusual after all no it's pretty common pretty common yeah 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 i keep telling you that yeah